Do you suffer from gear acquisition syndrome? I know I do. Buckle your seatbelts and welcome to this edition of the Electric Guitar Lives podcast with Pete Williams. A fun and pithy celebration of the electric guitar, guitarists, related gear, and industry news from a seasoned guitar pro. Get your daily dose of all things guitar from an industry insider with over 20 years in the proverbial trenches. Be regaled with sordid tales of guitar and guitar news, amps, effects, artists, moodiers, and the interesting people that make up this wacky machine. So wind down with us as we cap each week off with a fresh out-of-the-oven episode. Who knows what will happen? Maybe you'll laugh. Maybe you'll cry. You might even learn something. Yeah, maybe you won't. But one thing's for sure. You'll be entertained. So hang with us for a bit. And thank you for joining us on the Electric Guitar Lives Podcast. Now here's your host, Pete Pete Williams. Thank you, thank you. That was some intro, huh? Today is Friday, August 19th, 2022. My name is P. Williams. I am the host of the Electric Guitar Lives podcast. If you love everything about the electric guitar, you're in the right place. Today we're going to be covering a few things. Uh, The uh, Boaz One Modular Guitar um, there's some uh, uproar going on about it. Going to be talking about Steve Miller a little bit into his background and some lessons he got from some pretty famous cats back in the day. Uh, also, we're going to be talking about some new gear for you Floyd Rose people out there. Uh, interesting uh, new contraption called the Tremolo Buddy. In our gear spotlight segment, we're going to be talking about the Kramer Pacer that's going to be tied into something that you know and someone i'm a huge fan of that is the enigmatic joe satriani uh before we get started though uh let's hear word from our sponsor making music has been the original home tone since 1973 and for nearly 50 years they've been committed to meeting the needs of their customers making music offers a hand-picked selection of premium boutique and custom gear the Northfield, Illinois showroom is open and comfortable with private, soundproof demonstration rooms for a pleasant shopping environment, while their website is regularly updated with an incredible array of custom electric guitars, tube amplifiers, and effects pedals. Knowledgeable and courteous sales professionals are always available to help make sure the gear you want is the best choice to suit your needs. Whether you're looking to pick up a new hobby, push sonic boundaries, or simply tweak your tone. Making Music is the place. For more information, please visit makingmusic.com. That's a pretty cool track. Uh, That was actually made for a uh, promotional video uh, that was put together for Making Music. Pretty cool stuff. So uh, let's go ahead and get into some uh, current industry news. I just want to preface things by saying that, you know, I'm not getting paid to plug these things. I just find the news interesting to myself. Hopefully you'll find it interesting too. 
First up is the Boaz One Modular Guitar, uh, created by an interesting gentleman by the name of Boaz El Kayam. The Kickstarter for the Boaz One is still up, um, and you can go and check that out if you like. Um, something I think is cool is you're seeing guys on the fringes of this industry uh, trying to create something different or unique for you and I, the consumer. I think guys like this are significant because, you know, we've had basically the same stuff for years and years and years and years. I think it's really cool um, to see these guys out there uh, trying to give us something uh, new and different. For some reason in my head, um, I keep questioning like, okay, how come companies out there aren't trying to create like the ultimate utility guitar and uh, something like the Boaz one fits into that mold of being uh, kind of in every situation utility guitar. There are some companies that kind of tap dance around that um, or in the zone of doing something that's like a utility guitar. I know Reverend is probably one of the ones that comes to mind in my head. And in reference to our sponsor making music, I know over the years they've carried uh, some pretty unique stuff from uh, some really killer boutique guys out there um, that are new and innovative and fresh. Anyhow, apparently um, this Kickstarter got started, what, three years ago? Raised almost a half a million dollars and unfortunately, uh, no one has received their guitar yet, and people are starting to lose their patience. I know me, I'm extremely impatient. Um, you know, I can't even wait three or four days for something to come to my house if I've, you know, if I've ordered it. I can only imagine what uh, these guys are thinking. If you have any inside info about this, or you're one of the many supporters um, for the Boaz One Modular Guitar, um, please feel free to write in about your experience so far. Uh, you can email me directly at electricguitarlives at gmail.com. Uh, I would appreciate it. Thank you. For more details about this um, particular ruckus, uh, please be sure to visit guitar.com. There's a very, very in-depth and interesting article there about it. Uh, it's probably featured currently. In other news, came across an interesting article on uh, Steve Miller from Loudersound.com, uh, where he basically said that, you know, with the unique uh, upbringing that he had, because he was um, rocking all the way back in the day when he was just a little kid, um, that he was taught by T-Bone Walker, Chuck Berry, and Les Paul. His parents obviously were really cool and exposed him to uh, an incredible uh, musical environment for him to grow up and flourish in. And uh, listen, if you haven't listened to Steve Miller before, um, I'm sure maybe back in the day you've heard something from him. His stuff was always on the radio. Uh, I personally am a huge fan of Steve Miller because I, I feel like he's often overlooked as one of the great guitar songwriters uh, of the last 50 years. I mean, he's got so many hits, um, and he's got just some really, really great guitar work. And I, I love how he was able to take those influences and channel it into his own music and his songwriting and whatnot. 
definitely worth putting into your you know YouTube playlist or whatever and giving him a listen. And try listening to some of his obscure stuff, too. Um, you, you'll find some really interesting music and, uh, and guitar work, uh, you know, real bluesy stuff. But I think uh, what's cool about him in particular is that, uh, you know, I, I feel like he, he put a lot of fun into his music. You could tell he was having a good time when he was writing his music. Um, you can tell he's having a good time when he performs live and uh, is an often uh, over, underlooked, excuse me, guitar player. Be sure to head over to Loudersound.com and, uh, and check out that article um, uh, about him getting that instruction. And also some of the other artists that he was exposed to. Um, man, really cool stuff. Okay, the last news item that I wanted to go over is more of a um, kind of an interesting thing I came across from Premier Guitar. and There, there was a press release recently. Uh, for this thing called the Tremolo Buddy. Now, if you're a Floyd Rose person, you are keenly aware of uh, what an incredible pain in the butt it can be uh, to set those things up properly. Intonation adjustments, it goes on and on. Anyhow, the Tremolo Buddy, um, this is according to their website description, is a lightweight, durable, and easy-to-use tool designed to Simplify necessary maintenance tasks on a Floyd Rose or other tremolo system. So it's not just limited to the Floyd. However, I'm thinking, hey, if you got a Floyd Rose guitar like I do, uh, it's nice to see a new tool in the marketplace. Anyhow, this unique design offers a simple solution to tackling the big five problematic maintenance areas of a tremolo-equipped guitar by helping to keep the tension on the bridge. The big five includes string changes, intonation adjustments, bridge height adjustments, spring claw adjustments, and uh, finally truss rod adjustments. You can uh, look up the Tremolo Buddy on YouTube uh, or visit thetremolobuddy.com to learn more. Um, again, I, you know, I found it to be interesting. I'll probably be getting one myself, uh, because I'm always trying to look for new ways or not so much easier ways, but anything to help me, um, when I'm going to do a string swap and, or make other adjustments when I'm, uh, experimenting on various guitars. I uh, thought you might dig it too, uh, you know, if you happen to have one of these things or you do purchase one, uh, you know, let us know. I'd like to hear about it. So uh, you're listening to an interpretation of Not of This Earth, a backing track um, for the uh, Joe Satriani song, Not of This Earth, obviously. And the reason why I'm fading in with this particular segment uh, for our gear spotlight 
uh, is because I wanted to focus on the, um, uh, the guitars that he used to record this with, one of which was a Kramer Pacer. From my research, apparently he used two Kramers, two modded Kramers. One was a uh, dual humbucker, the other having single coils for his clean stuff. Why is this a good guitar? So one of the first guitars um, that um, my dad got me uh, was a um, 1979 uh, black Fender Stratocaster. Now, of course, being a kid at the time and being ignorant, I didn't think to um, adjust the truss rod on it because the action was ridiculously high. So long story short, after going through uh, several different guitars, um, I finally landed on the Kramer Pacer, the HH model. That one in particular had been upgraded with uh, EMG pickups. And just overall, I mean, everything about that guitar in particular was great. It played great. It was set up perfectly uh, by the fine guys over at Thoroughbred Music at that time. Also, as I was uh, playing in a few different bands, it was great because it, you know, loud levels at band levels and it sounded wonderful going through my amplifier. I mean, it's just a great all-around workhorse of a guitar. So there was a uh, article, um, an interview that had been done with Joe Satriani about uh, what he was using in the studio. And I found it really interesting that he didn't use his Ibanez guitars in the studio. Um, so the stuff that you're listening to, at least his early albums outside of the live stuff, everything he used in the studio, um, he used his Kramers. Now, truly, I don't know if this is because he got a cool endorsement with Ibanez and you know, his own signature guitars and all that jazz at the time that he was really hitting the scene uh, with the surfing record. But there really is an interesting quote um, in that Guitar World blurb about his guitar. And uh, here's that quote. It says, um, well, this is what Joe said. He said it has a very unique tone and every once in a while it just seems like the only guitar that will make a song work says Satriani. It does something that no other Floyd guitar does. It doesn't go boing, no matter how hard you hit it. It's also very hard to play, and the tension on it is extremely strong. So the first two strings sound very full, never twangy. And if you have to play melodies on every song as I do, the first string has to be really good and strong. Now, I think this is a really interesting quote from him. And the fact that he uses it in the studio for his recordings, uh, whether for rhythm or his clean tones uh, or his lead playing, more importantly, uh, at least in my eyes, uh, it's all important, right? Um, I think it's very telling about the quality of that particular model of guitar. So a few years back, um, Gibson Guitars acquires the Kramer brand. Um, and started uh, um, and currently are putting out uh, a lot of 
not necessarily reissues, but kind of modern reinterpretations of those models, uh, one of which I just recently picked up. I think they officially call it the uh, Pacer Orange Tiger. Um, I think of it as like the Bengal Tiger or the George Lynch Tiger Stripes. Uh, they have it in a white finish as well, which I'll probably eventually wind up getting because that's like the old one that I had. You can check it out at uh, KramerGuitars.com. It's under the Classic Series. And, you know, as a fanboy of that brand at the time and currently, um, man, it's definitely worth It's worth another look. It's worth trying out. Uh, if you got one down to your local guitar shop, um, check it out. It's just a cool guitar. So obviously in our artist spotlight segment right now, you know, I'm going to cover the enigmatic Joe Sartriani. I got a chance to check out Joe, Stu Ham, and Jeff Compatelli at Janus Landings in St. Petersburg. This is during the Surfing with the Alien Tour. Now, most of the year, because it's an outdoor venue, uh, it's extremely hot and sweaty at this place. And that particular evening, uh, the weather was perfect. It was probably 78 or 79 degrees. And being in the location it's in, um, it's surrounded by water, so you were getting this great ocean breeze. And man, what a show. Now, uh, the people I know that I've known that have been fans of his, uh, you know, like my brother who really loved his uh, surfing record, and he loved all the the boogie stuff that was done on there and the blue shuffle stuff and all the whammy bar antics, etc. I always personally dug his ballads and uh, his um, more... Uh, you know, outside of the box songs. Uh, one of my favorites is Hordes of Locusts, Rubina, Not of This Earth, and Brother John, at least off the Not of This Earth record. Obviously, there's some scorchers on a surfing record and uh, Flying in a Blue Dream, and, and that album is really exceptional. I encourage you to check out, you know, his entire body of work, but specifically really give a good listen to some of that early stuff he did uh, before he became famous. Um, I, I think you'll really, really appreciate him as an artist um, going back and, and giving that stuff a deep dive with some headphones on. So why is he still one of my favorites, you might ask? Um, I don't think folks give Joe Sartrani enough credit for uh, in my opinion, for pushing the uh, guitar industry forward. Specifically, I felt like he did that with his G3 concert. If you're old enough to remember that, uh, that actually wasn't too long ago that he did this. I, I felt it was really great because it got guitarists and uh, his, you know, music fans in general uh, to get re-engaged uh, and encourage people to get re-engaged with some some heavy-duty guys from that period and, and uh, who were popular later, uh, like uh, John Petrucci, Steve Vai, Paul Gilbert. Even got to see Bruce Belay from Racer X fame. Got to see them play Scarified. That was awesome. Meanwhile, while he's turned around with all these guys, um, I felt like he was really, at least for me, got me to uh, be um, reintroduced to the industry and got my my vibes towards guitar playing in general to be reinvigorated. 
And, you know, before the G3 stuff, probably more importantly, was it, um, I always felt that Joe approached his stuff um, with a sense of musicality, uh, unlike a lot of his peers. Um, and I don't mean his direct peers like Steve Vai. At that time, during the 80s, you had a lot of these neoclassical guys, who I'm also a fan of, many of them. And, uh, you know, here comes Joe doing his own thing, completely his own way, making his own kind of music. And it stood out like a sore thumb to me. I always felt he was more um, and is more of an expressive uh, player than a lot of those guys. And I always felt he came from um, a a vantage point of applying uh, real music theory and music you know, educational music uh, background to the stuff that he was doing, which made his stuff, you know, um, more, in my opinion, musically valid and, you know, more importantly, a hundred times more listenable. So an interesting bit of trivia, I got to um, meet Joe uh, at the NAMM show out in California. Got to meet him a couple times. The NAMM show is a big... Uh, music manufacturer convention where all the big players from around the world, big and small, show up there and put their new wares out and uh, dealers and people of interest and people of note go out there and make the trek to California and they also have it in Nashville, I think, for the summer name. Anyhow, everyone goes out there and all the big companies get their artists to uh, sign autographs, etc., I worked for and have worked for many, many companies in this industry. And, of course, me being the the fanboy, I wanted to go meet Joe Satriani. So, uh, you know, I went and got his autograph. And, man, I mean, you couldn't ask for a nicer guy. Really nice guy. Just just great. So many years ago, I used to help run um, a lot of the marketing properties for uh, Dean Guitars. And uh, I guess back in the day, maybe from New York, uh, um, Joe was friends with uh, Elliot, the late Elliot Rubinson from uh, from uh, Dean Guitars fame, and uh, you know Armadillo Enterprises, Dean Guitars, Luna, and D Drum. He also ran and operated Thoroughbred Music back in the day, which uh, was a world famous uh, music store, uh, insane music store. We were so fortunate uh, to have that uh, available to us here in in, in Florida. So fast forward many years, and I'm working on, um, you know, the Dean website, and uh, I managed to get a snap of Elliot and Joe talking at the NAMM show, and I posted it up because, you know, people like to see the pictures and all that jazz, and boy, I, I really caught some heat for that because obviously he's he's engaged with Ibanez and, uh, you know, um, would have caused a lot of trouble with him showing up on the, uh, the Dean Guitar site. Oopsie. I think in closing about Joe, I just want to point out that, you know, if you're you're looking to reinvigorate your, you know, your playlist or the music that you're listening to, um, you know, be sure to give a listen to Joe Satriani. More specifically, you know, give a listen to some of that early stuff he did and maybe some of the B-side stuff that he's got that isn't so well known. I think you'll be pleasantly amazed. Also... And this is something I forgot to mention earlier about him in particular as an artist is the guy is a great melodic storyteller.
That's what he is. He's a melodic storyteller. He writes really great songs. His songs have a narrative and a, and a beautiful structure to them. And I think if you revisit uh, his music, if you're not already listening to it, um, I think you know it'll provide you and anybody else that you know who's a fan of guitar uh, years of enjoyment. And now another word from our sponsor, Making Music. Attention serious collectors and Eric Clapton enthusiasts. Making Music is happy to present this curated selection of gear, which was previously owned and used by none other than Slowhand himself, Eric Clapton. Various items are featured as part of this Eric Clapton collection, including a custom ES-335 electric guitar presented Eric by Gibson for his 2001 tour, two stage use 412 Marshall speaker cabs, stenciled Derek and the Dominoes, one Jaguar limited edition Marshall Bluesbreaker combo amp presented Eric by Jim Marshall himself, and a stage use Music Man HD150 reverb head and 212 cab with Duck Brothers Roadcase. If you're an avid Clapton collector, or simply an enthusiast of rare vintage collectible guitars and amps, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to obtain your own personal Eric Clapton rig. Just imagine this killer selection of gear all set up in your man cave or jam room. Think of all the stages and players this iconic gear has seen. When I close my eyes, I can imagine myself there, relishing the sounds and smells of rock and roll. For more about the Eric Clapton guitar and amp collection, please visit makingmusic.com forward slash Clapton. That was makingmusic.com forward slash Clapton. Well, I appreciate you uh, listening today and uh, tuning in to the Electric Guitar Lives podcast. Uh, next week, I'm going to be uh, focusing on uh, the Stars track from Hearing Aid from way back in the day, um, because there's really some amazing guitar work and singing, for that matter, uh, off that track that was done. From uh, Neil Schoen of Journey to George Lynch, Ingve, and even the guys from Spinal Tap. Uh, took part in it. So we're going to revisit it and it's going to be a good time. So I hope you tune in next week and thank you for tuning in again to the Electric Guitars Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Williams. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Electric Guitar Lives Podcast with Pete Williams, your weekly hang for all things guitar related and more. Be sure to tune in next week for another exciting episode. And remember, have fun. See you next time. For more about this podcast and future episodes, be sure to visit electricguitarlives.com. Thanks again for listening.